1: Creepers, welcome
0: to
1: that. That's odd. That's right. I am your host, Johnny Towns, and I'm joined by the other host, I would say the bestest host with the mostest most. That's Christopher Chavez.
0: I would like to also be known as Killshot Mulder moving forward, please. That's right, (laughs) Killshot
1: Mulder. Uh for those uh if you're a Patreon, please go. Check out our Patreon. Uh, Chris and I should have an episode up soon where I discuss the X-Files finale in which Mulder. Uh, here's a John spoiler alert, uh doesn't miss. So <laughs> uh so go enjoy that. But today, Chris, before we get into our storage on that side, yeah, have you heard about Frank the Tank?
0: Frank the Tank?
1: Frank the Tank.
0: Are you talking about the old school character?
1: No, I'm talking about (laughs) the giant 500 pound black bear in California that has broken into, I think it's close to 30 homes. Mm -hmm. And he does this in search of his favorite food, which is apparently pizza. (laughs) (laughs) As of right now uh he hasn't even heard a soul uh, one of the things that i heard was that he literally broke into a house the people saw him and he walked right past the people just right to their kitchen and just started going through their kitchen <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh i hope he's okay though i hope that you know it doesn't turn out bad but that's funny dude that's crazy that he's means that means you know he <laughs> he came across somebody's leftover pizza and he's like whoa right yeah. all of a sudden those eyes grow bit he's like yes more pizza
1: yes uh, oh, yeah that's it's, awesome
0: uh, now he, he just needs how to figure it how to figure out how to differentiate normal houses from pizza huts yeah <laughs> you know just break yeah. into a pizza hut he's he's good for the day
1: oh my gosh it'd be like you know bear heaven to him i think <laughs> break into a pizza hut and it's just all surrounded by pizza
0: i did see something about it i didn't really look into it I, so that's that's awesome for pizza yeah <laughs>
1: I had to break up that oddity as a story that I, in a time where we're having some pretty uh, surreal stories, uh, this one at least uh, made me slightly happy.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a good time in history. I mean,
1: no, you realize that point of this point in uh, humanity's timeline that we are living in, like all these things that ever happened. It yeah. is we might as well have the alien invasion now.
0: Well, it's coming, don't worry.
1: Yeah. I mean, we might as well just, just do it now.
0: <laughs> they tried to tell us, but uh nobody paid attention. <laughs> Remember how we were yeah. just very incredulous that no one said a word about the yeah. stuff that was being released. Oh my god. Man. Um, but yeah, it is it's some crazy times. Hopefully, things are going to be getting better here soon. Um, and when I say that it happens, I'm not being flippant, but I'm just saying, like, you know, history is cyclical. We see this, we see this all the time yeah. at some point somebody gets antsy and and wants to to cause some trouble and everyone says, knock it off. And we got to see where that's going to go.
1: Yeah. uh, You know, my it's, I hate saying the thoughts and prayers thing, but I, you know, I don't even know what else to say. What goes with anybody affected by that. Yeah. Because
0: us regular people are not, interested in the political games and all this nonsense that's happening. So um, you see, you know, on both, on both countries, you know, the citizens are just like, what's going on? We do not want this. Like knock this off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I found, and I found those moving um, Yeah. especially the ones in Russia. Those were especially moving because it just feels dangerous for them to even to be doing that. Right. Yeah. They're Uh, putting their
0: lives on the line, just speaking out or showing up at those protests. So
1: yeah, did you see that tennis player? Um, he's a Russian tennis player. No. And he had a Sharpie on him and he went to the camera that was filming him. And this is like worldwide. And he wrote um, I forgot exactly what it was, but it was against the war. Wow. Uh yeah. I was like, man, that's uh and like his doubles because he's playing doubles tennis and his partner's from Ukraine and all this stuff. So oh like, man. man, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh but that's odd. We're gonna try to bring you some weird, strange stuff. To maybe get away from just uh, not that you can't get away from it, but maybe a little respite, a little reprieve, a little reprieve from all the news going on in the world today. Uh, I told you, Chris, I got a really fun one. Uh, Mine's going to be we're going to be talking about some famous filmmakers and some little oddities about them. Uh, And you're bringing some UFOs to the store. So I think we're going to have a fun episode.
0: Yeah, I say let me start with mine because we'll fun. We'll finish with yours. We'll finish with uh, a, a little bit. This is not that mine's not on a lighter note, right? Mine's more of that kind of curious And, uh, you know, unexplained type of thing. Whereas if, if yours is fun, we should end the show on a fun note. Okay. So, uh, let me ask you, have you ever heard of the UFO story that came out of level land, Texas in
1: 1957? Oh man. I have to hear some details of it. All right. So there's oddly a lot of UFO tales in Texas. Yeah.
0: The late 1950s, 1957, uh, later in the year, uh, October, um, Russia put up Sputnik 1, right? That was a big yeah. deal that there was a satellite that was put up there and you know a lot of um astro- astronomers were studying it. There was they were watching it, tracking it through the sky. After it came down, it was like 3 or 4 weeks it was up there and it ended up coming back down um they sent up another one they sent up another one on november 3rd and that was sputnik 2 and with all of this stuff you know there was kind of more of an awareness of the skies now even here in america people were watching looking up at night um so it would not be out of the ordinary for people to maybe be heightened right to to what's yeah. going on in space and you know this isn't it's not like UFOs had never been around before. Sci fi movies has shown people in the 50s, Martians, spaceships, you know, and and these things had uh, had happened and been reported all the time uh, in in the States yeah. since the 40s. Just
1: for, uh, just for just like just to give you a, a little timeline, like, uh, you know, uh, Roswell was in the 40s. Yeah, so this is even after Roswell.
0: Yeah, you're talking about ten years, right? So that's ten yeah. years of more reports, and and even in and around uh, Leveland and Lubbock, Texas, uh, which which is near Leveland, um, there's there've been reports throughout the '40s and the late '40s and early '50s of of sightings. So on the night of November second, nineteen fifty-seven, there were two immigrant farm workers, uh, one guy named Pedro Saucido and the other guy named Joe Salas. Um, they were heading home from from a day work, a day of work, uh, and they had an experience on their way home, so much so that they immediately called the police the Leveland Police Department. So Officer A.J. Fowler was working the night desk, and he answers the phone when Saucedo calls, um, and Saucedo tells him that they had been driving about four miles west of Level End when they saw a blue flash of light near the road. Uh, they claimed the truck's engine died, and a rocket-shaped object rose up and approached the truck. So Saucedo freaked out. He was the one driving. He jumped right out of the car and dropped to the ground, out of the truck and dropped to the ground. And he called for his friend Joe, tried to get his attention, like you know, get down. And he said his friend Joe looked like he was paralyzed, like he was just in in a trance. All the lights went out. the The car completely shut off. And he said this big just monstrous thing of light came at them hovered just above his truck and as it went over he said he felt this intense heat and then it took off Mm. and as soon as it took off the car radio went back on the engine came right back up and running the car lights were on and everything was running again and he's calling his friend joe joe are you okay joe did you see that and finally joe seems like he came out of the trance and he just looks at him and goes what happened where was that what was it what was it and he just kept freaking out so he's relaying this story to the officer and the officer is like um haha we get yeah. you know okay whatever you guys had a little bit too much to drink out in the fields right so, you know, he took he took down the information, hung up with Saucedo and didn't think twice of it because he really did write it off as he, as it being a joke. Or maybe even he saw something, you know, maybe he'd been drinking a little too much. And what he saw, he was just it was out of the it was not normal. Right. Except an hour later, another phone call came into the police department. This time it was a young man named Jim Wheeler who reported seeing a brilliantly lit egg shaped object about 200 feet long sitting on the road four miles east of level blocking his path and as he started to approach it he realized his car started stalling it was starting to sputter and he looked down to see maybe was he out of gas and he wasn't he had a full tank however now the lights are dimming and as he's noticing this thing he start coming to a stop his his, his car just completely shuts off no power nothing um, he said he got out of the car to go take a look at it, and as immediately it took off and, and shot up into the night sky. And as soon as it shot up into the night sky, the, one of the overhead street lights came back on. He hadn't realized it was off, and then his car sprang back up to life again. Hmm. So now, you know, the officer is like, okay. What's going on out here? So he starts, you know, he's he's taking the information. He's calling out to dispatch and, and having them go have, you know, officers go out and check to see what's happening. Um, but before he can even get that that command out, another phone call comes in.
1: 10.55 ring, ring.
0: p.m. A married couple driving northeast of Levelin reported that they saw a bright flash of light moving across the sky and their headlights and radio died for three seconds.
1: It's not unusual. <laughs> I'm doing fully work for you for the story.
0: <laughs> and then, that, was that song around in the fifties? <laughs>
1: I don't know. That's, that's just like a Mars attack. So that's the song. Just, I like a Mars attack. He <laughs> starts singing to
0: pour <laughs> some sugar
1: on me. Um, <laughs> pour some, that's the radio shortening
0: out. It's not even five minutes after he hangs up that a it's phone like, call comes in again. Right, and this right. time, this time, Jose Alvarez, uh, claims to have met a strange object sitting on the road 11 miles north of Liveland, and his vehicle's engine died until the object departed so now they're like you know we got to send we got to send people out and see what's going on this does not make any sense at all um, cops are out there trying driving around trying to see if they can't find anything and at the station another phone call comes in this time it's about an hour later a Texas Technological College student named Newell Wright was surprised when driving 10 miles east of Leveland, his car engine began to sputter, and the amateur on the dash jumped to discharge and then back to normal, and the motor started cutting out like it was out of gas. The car rolled to a stop. Then the headlights dimmed, and several seconds later, went out. Hmm. When he got out of the car to check on the problem, he saw a 100-foot-long egg-shaped object sitting in the road. It took off as soon as he got close, and his engine started running again. Fowler's just like feverishly taking this information down, hangs up the phone, and five minutes later, it goes off again. And he's just thinking to himself, oh, come on. This time, it's farmer Frank Williams, who claims that he had an encounter with a brightly glowing object sitting in the road. And as his car approached it, what do you think happened? It stopped. The object flew away and his car lights and motor started working again. 30 minutes later, Ronald Martin and James Long, at uh, another 30 minutes later, both reported seeing the same thing on the road also their engines cutting out their lights oh, going out and as soon as it go 100%. it went away everything went back to normal hmm. now we've seen this before in UFO reportings right we've seen this even in um yeah the movie Close encounters of the third Kind it's yeah. a very famous scene right where the truck all that all the lights yeah, go out I mean, that's even
1: I mean, we've been talking next files all day it's the next files it's in pretty much all these things where cars are affected by or electronics just in general are affected right. by ufos yeah
0: so that first call you can you can understand him being like okay maybe someone's playing a prank on me tonight you know yeah. everybody's thinking about sputnik and the space race and everything right uh but then it's just like boom boom all these calls coming from different areas north of Levelland, east of Levelin. but all of these people are reporting seeing this all within the an hour or so's amount of time with yeah. each and other it's
1: costly just lending all over road.
0: Yeah, but it's always all over the place, right? It's yeah. not like it's p- going in one straight path. Like once it's to right. the east, once it's to the north and then back to the east. Um, so by now, there's l- several leveling officers out there looking for them. Among them is Sheriff Weir Clem, and he saw the object. He saw a brilliant red object moving across the sky at 1.30 a.m. At 1:45 a.m., Leveland's fire chief Ray Jones also saw an object, and his vehicle's lights and engine sputtered. The report,
1: <laughs>
0: and right after that, they ended. No more calls. Nothing else came in. So during the night of November 2nd to November 3rd, the Leveland Police Department received a total of 15 UFO-related reports, and Officer Fowler noted that quote, everybody who called was very excited. So that lends a little bit more uh, credence to that, this being a little yeah. bit more legit and not joking around. Nobody's and like have giggling very, in the background.
1: Right. And have very similar claims.
0: Yeah. Um, this got big national attention, actually. The uh, Project Blue Book came in to investigate.
1: Oh, Heineck himself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They came in to investigate. They started interviewing some of the eyewitnesses. Um, An an air force investigator was a part of this whole thing, and they they interviewed the first three eyewitnesses. Um, They interviewed the sheriff, and then they you know they checked in with the weather, the weather, the news department, the weather station. They checked in with all of their, got all the information they needed, and then submitted their report. And the findings of the air force were that what everybody experienced on that night. Swamp, what would yes. you think it
1: is <laughs> Swamp,
0: <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> ball lightning?
1: Oh, yeah. That's the other one that they like to use yeah.
0: or St. Omel's fire. Right. Yeah. Um, here's the problem. They didn't ask everyone. They didn't interview all the witnesses. They only yeah. interviewed a handful, and then they found out that there had been thunderstorms in the area at that night and lightning. Yeah. So it was that's immediately what it was. Right also the engine failure was because of wet electrical circuits oh yeah that's why all those cars every one of them stopped and then started up again in the same everyone manner.
1: knows that your car will stop working when it gets wet from rain yeah
0: so um it, it's crazy you know it's 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 have you ever seen ball lightning
1: yes uh I've in only, real life or on video not In real life not in real oh. life only because of uh, literally shows to talk about UFOs just so they can show you what ball lightning looks like. Yeah. I've seen it through that. I've never seen it in real life. I think it's supposed to it's really rare, right?
0: Extremely rare. It's very rare to see it, but it has happened. I found, so this really interested me. So I started looking more into stuff like that. I found some videos on YouTube that purport to yep. catch ball lightning, they're but there's also, wild. there's also a news um, thing where there's a family that talks about having had a, they're, you know, they're on the news because of the ball lightning was in the house. Like it literally came down the hallway, oh, yes. went yeah. towards the TV and then yes. like exploded. I heard about this. Yeah. It is b- bizarre. And they, they had friends over. It's like during a party. So everybody just stops and watches yeah. this thing. But it's you know I mean? not included, man. Yeah, wouldn't that be <laughs> b- just bizarre? Um, so here's the thing: there are two UFO 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 UFO, UFO UFOlogists, ufologists.
1: Ufologists there, there,
0: <laughs> there are two ufologists, James E. McDonald and Jay. Alan Hynek, right?
1: Yes. Hynek's obviously a big name.
0: They disputed the Air Force ball lightning electrical storm explanation. Both men argued that there's no electrical storm in the area when the sightings occurred. In testimony before the committee of the U.S. House of Representatives in 1968, McDonald said that, quote, one famous case was at Level in Texas. Ten vehicles were stopped within a short area, all independently in a two hour period. There was no lightning or thunderstorm and only a trace of rain. Hynek wrote that, quote, as the person responsible for tracking of the new Soviet satellite Sputnik, I was on a virtual around the clock duty and was unable to give it any attention, whatever. I am not proud today that I hastily concurred in the Air Force's evaluation as ball lightning on the basis of information that an electrical storm had been in the progress at the time. This was shown not to be the case. Observers reported overcast and mist, but no lightning. Heinick also noted that, quote, had I given it any thought whatsoever, I would have soon recognized the absence of any evidence that ball lightning can stop cars and put out headlights. So he yeah. literally signed off on it only because he was too busy with Sputnik. This was something like, yeah, of course, it's just ball lightning. Move on.
1: Yeah. And that's a that's pretty huge. You know, the reason Heinick is a big name because they started out not being a believer in any of it. Right. He was ahead of Project Blue Book. That's why the government wanted him to be the head of it. And he come out thinking, man, there's, you know, I can explain a lot of these, but some of these, you know, there's something there. And, yeah. uh, man, I do remember this case, I think mainly from the Heineck point of view, because I remember him coming back. And one of the, I read one of the books about him and um, he talked and it talked about how uh, this wasn't the only case where he kind of did that though, uh, where he kind of went back and looked at It's like, you know what, that I'm not proud of signing off on that.
0: Right. And because he thought to himself, you know, if we really had investigated, we could have easily said everything we said doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um. And, and to go in front of the National Committee, what was it? The National House of Rep. The U.S. House of Representatives and say this was actually something strange we should have paid attention to. Who knows yeah. what it could have been? Um there is a video on YouTube also of uh I let me see what's the name of the w I think it's kdfw the it's a TV station that does a little uh thing on this like from like hey this many years ago this happened in our right. town yeah. and they interview Saucito like he's on there the, the the immigrant who called it in there the first time oh wow yeah he's still on on there and he talks about like he knows what he saw it was it was there was definitely something behind the light it wasn't just a yeah. ball of lightning he knew there was something there because it moved it went over there well, I
1: mean, on top of that, you got police officers saying they saw it, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. The
0: chief, the, the, the fire chief, you know? Yeah. So what are your thoughts on on ball lightning just kind of being? Do you know what I mean? Because when you do see, if you go look online and you do see what a lot of people say, maybe this is ball lightning. And there's some that were like scientific people are saying this is what could have been ball lightning. A lot of it looks like what we see UFO footage of just the yes. white thing moving around. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, if you go and find actual footage of ball lightning, first of all, it's wicked looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty wild looking, and I, I think it looks really dangerous. <laughs> like, Don't get it near me, yeah. I like real lightning would anyway. The, the thing is, everything I've ever read or seen about ball lightning says that it is incredibly, incredibly rare. It does not mm-hmm. happen that often. I mean, everything has to be just right for it to happen. Yep. Um, so that to me, I'm not saying that it couldn't be a possible explanation, but the point is multiple people at different times saw this and said that it was literally impeding their way of driving. Like it was electricity. All, everything
0: stopped and then started up when it left.
1: Yeah. Uh, so man, I don't know. Like, it just seems, you know, that, you know, I joked about swamp gas, uh, and, you know, there's just a couple of quote unquote catch alls, you know, weather balloons uh, that people like to use. And yeah. I think they're important to look at those and to either rule them out or to say, hey, this is what it is, because then the real ones will stand out more. So, uh, yeah, but in this case, I have a really hard time thinking that ball lightning was all those because ball lightning is so rare. Are you trying to tell me that it's happening again and again and again and this or was or it the same period? ball
0: just flying around?
1: Yeah, which is not possible.
0: Yeah. Again, that's another thing. So, with yeah, that's not how that acts. Yeah, you know, scientists talk about that it's much smaller than the way these people are talking about one hundred feet long, two hundred yeah. feet long. Um, the other thing about them is that they don't last that long. They they only last so much, and then they either pop, burn out, or they touch something where they explode. Right? Yeah. The other side of it is those people who are on the news about seeing the ball lightning come through their house none of their electronics messed up it went there was a tv on it went to the tv as soon as it touched the tv it it, it itself popped the tv kept working you know there was no there was no reports that ball lightning causes any kind of electrical interference to the point where it can it literally controls it in being off while it's around and then coming back when it's gone you know what i mean so for me this really does make me feel
1: like like i mean because you hear the word yeah you hear the word lightning right and we All know that lightning, you're supposed to turn off all your electronics because it can destroy them pretty much. Mm-hmm. But this, but if lightning hits your TV, it's not coming back on for the most part. <laughs> no, not typically. No, <laughs> you're gonna get a new TV pretty much, yeah, so yeah. yeah, man.
0: So yeah, I saw this. I was like, this is one of those ones where you just gotta go, Wow, what was it then, yeah. right? Because sometimes we hear stories and we're like, Could have been this, could have been that, but this one I like a lot because it really feels like. I, it's hard to p- say what it is, especially now it's, it's, you know, so many years later, but still yeah. like it's awesome.
1: And the, yeah. And those are also my, my favorite cases where Heineck goes back, looking at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's such a fascinating person. That was, that yep. was
0: literally six. That'll be 67, 65 years ago this year, oh
1: man, that ain't nothing. That ain't yeah. nothing. You, you want to feel old? Oh, uh, I can bring this up to you. Cause uh, I had some stuff to say to you about this off air. Uh, <laughs> Uh, The guy who plays Xander in Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, Is almost 50
0: Oh my god (laughs) Do you know what's (laughs) old too Is uh, we just For that show we just watched Modern Family And I'd never seen it before So I watched the first episode and I loved it I thought it was great we're going to probably watch more of it But when I went to go look at the cast I was like oh my god this was 11 seasons And everybody's old (laughs) What the heck
1: is going on You saw kids grow up Yeah, Crazy Yeah. Yes Uh, What's that show, Chris? Quick plug for it.
0: Uh, Tube time. Tube time with Courtney. Courtney and I do tube time.
1: Tube time. Yeah. Make sure you check it out. Uh, You'll either love their takes or you'll be like, uh,
0: (laughs) you guys are the worst.
1: Yeah. (laughs) In fairness, you did come out to the same agreement on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So that's funny. All right. So uh, I wanted to talk about some famous filmmaker oddities. And I'm glad you went first because mine's going to be a little shorter, but I have some really fun ones here. Uh, let's start with the master of suspense. Oh, Alfred Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock himself. Uh, did you know that despite being the master of suspense, I mean, he almost single handedly brought horror films to a whole new level himself. Oh yeah. He had, uh, quite a few, uh, how can I put this, uh, Phobias, (laughs) Uh, like like for one thing, he was afraid of heights, which I'm afraid of heights, so I get that one right. Yeah, Uh, that would make sense. But he was also uh, afraid of law enforcement. I mean, and he's a white man. Well, uh, (laughs) okay, uh, interesting. Part of this came from the fact that his when he was growing up, his dad, whenever he was acting out, his dad would threaten that he would go to jail.
0: Did you ever get that? I'm going to call the police.
1: No, no, but uh that's pretty funny. I think
0: my grandma said that to us once that she's going to call if we didn't behave, she'd call the police and they take us away forever. <laughs> yeah, we were just like, oh, "No." <laughs>
1: um uh he was also he was also afraid of sex. <laughs> um which I totally understand. Me too, buddy.
0: <laughs> That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, anytime uh, intimacy is brought up, uh, I'm gonna have a slight fear. Uh. <laughs> uh but let I me mean, ask any of my ex girlfriends. Uh. Also, uh, he was uh, he was afraid of eggs. <laughs> like, raw eggs or cooked eggs or. Any egg. It didn't matter. <laughs> Uh, he actually claimed that he never even tasted egg yolk because oh he thought it was, it was scary and gross.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And
1: this is the I did not know
0: Burton. this. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I did not know this.
1: Oh man. All right. So let's go from one master suspense to another uh, master of the, of the, uh, the, the macabre uh, Tim Burton. Ooh.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. So if you know anything about Tim Burton, uh, it's kind of known that in the early '80s he worked for Disney, right? He Real quick, what's kinda, your
0: favorite Tim Burton film?
1: Oh man, it's got—I mean, well, he didn't really. Does not remember before Christmas count because he didn't really direct it, but it, that's him all over. That's his DNA. Yeah,
0: that's—I would count that as part of his.
1: It's either that or Batman. It's probably going to be Batman.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: You know, no, no, no. I'm going to throw you. I'm going to throw you off. Batman Frank Returns. Weenie. Oh, Batman Returns is my favorite. I know Batman gets a lot of love and it deserves it, but Batman Returns to me like that's quintessential Penguin. Uh, that's uh, that's just so creepily done, oh, man. Mm-hmm. I just I just love love it. So sweet future
0: episode good. discussion.
1: Yeah, there we go. Uh, but actually, speaking of Frank and weenie <laughs> while he worked at Disney, he actually made the short film Frank and weenie. He would later, of course, go on to do the full fledged movie Frankenweenie, but. Uh, When he showed the short film to Disney executives, uh, they told him that this thing would frighten children, my friend, (laughs) to the point where they felt they had wasted money making this. thing. (laughs) They did not like it.
0: (laughs) I remember when Nightmare Before Christmas first came out on DVD and I bought it. It had as one of the extras, the original short Frankenweenie. That's how I saw it. Yeah, I love it. Same
1: here. Same here.
0: I never saw the full length. I've just seen, I've only seen the short. I saw the
1: full length once, but I kind of like the short more personally. But he also uh, threw a Halloween party. How would you like for Tim Burton to throw your Halloween party to be in charge of it? That would be awesome, dude. Uh, He did this at the White House and he had a whole thing set up where even Johnny Depp showed up as the Mad Hatter. (laughs)
0: that is awesome who was president when he did that
1: i believe it's obama they're no obama oh my god that'd be yeah.
0: freaking awesome to be able to have a halloween party at the white house
1: yes <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> because you know would show up
0: because you know that the, the the what's the budget is just like oh have yeah. fun
1: what budget there's no <laughs> budget fun.
0: the people are paying for it
1: yeah there's no budget <laughs> the white house is haunted in the first place so let's yeah. have some fun with it yeah nice all right, so let's let's go to the master of laughs now, Mel Brooks. I found this one really fascinating. Uh, a lot of Mel Brooks movies are ones I really love, uh, so let's go with him. Mel Brooks. He, of course, served in World War II. Uh, while he's there, he actually was one of the ones who helped to make bridges for tanks and stuff to go across. Uh, I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, no kidding. That's that's wild. But however, there was one time. While he was doing this, he was on one end of a giant river. Uh, He actually heard some German soldiers singing in the distance. (laughs) However, he thought their singing was just God awful. (laughs) He didn't think it was very good. So he grabs a bullhorn. Oh no. It just just starts singing into it back at him. (laughs) Uh, Now he claims when he talks about this story, he actually claims that he heard applause from across the <laughs> <world>. <laughs> but I don't know how true that is. That's I, amazing. I, like to, I like to think it's true. I like that. All right. So let's go with uh, Catherine Bigelow. She's, of course, known for a lot of uh, really. She actually has her DNA in a lot of movies, if you've never heard of her. But um, while filming the 1991 Point Blank, you ever seen Point Blank?
0: No. What's that? Was uh, it gro- not gross Point Blank. Gross Point Blank?
1: No, it's just Point Blank.
0: Oh, no. What is it?
1: Well, I'll tell you this: the studio wanted to cast a big star in the major part, uh, like they wanted Val Kilmore or or Johnny Depp. But Bigelow actually refused to do it unless they got a man who I would dare say is one of America's sweethearts now, Keanu Reeves. That's where he's a surfer and oh, he, Point uh, Break. Yes. Oh, I said. You know, what? I actually wrote Point Blank. I just was it.
0: No, yeah, Point Break. Yeah, dude, with um, with Patrick Swayze. What a movie! i And the point and the Red Hot Chili Peppers are in it.
1: Yes, it's it's an awesome. It's movie. an awesome movie. I don't know why I literally wrote Point Blank and didn't correct myself. <laughs> it. That's amazing, dude. <laughs> That's how good I am. All right, so let's end this with another legend, Orson Welles. Oh, oh yes, okay. Another one of... uh, That's a History Coop's fave. Uh, Wells has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. One for movies Mm -hmm. and one for... Radio. That's right. For radio, of course, uh, War of the Worlds has been very famous. Uh, Wells was also a member of the Society of American Magicians and the International Brotherhood of Magicians. Really? And would do magic tricks, apparently... All the time, he <laughs> loved it. I see him like
0: Job from Arrested Development. <laughs>
1: That's <I> like, <laughs> 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 Oh man, uh, I love Job. That's why I've, I've loved Will Ornette. Yeah,
0: since. <laughs> he's the best, All
1: right? Uh, so Orson Welles, of course, passed away in 1985, and when he had passed away, he had done 13 movies. But Here's the wild thing, uh, Chris. He actually has 15 movies that he has started but never finished.
0: Oh wow, his career. Yeah. Like like there's footage of, or like maybe it's in the process They're of all, written or
1: all all the all the above, like the wow. you know, just different processes and stuff and different places of production in them. Uh, you know, you don't really hear about that when somebody passes away very often, like uh, all the stuff they didn't get to finish, right? You know, Bruce Lee famously had an unfinished movie yeah. that they would release later.
0: A lot of musicians have like vaults of music. Like I know Tupac when he died, they'd, he'd had so many things oh, he yeah. recorded that Johnny Cash just put stuff too. out there. Prince, yeah, Johnny Cash. supposedly Prince, yep. Prince has like a whole like vault of stuff that's just never been released or, or, or recorded.
1: Yeah, that's fascinating to me. But yeah, so that's just a little uh, some little fun tidbits all on some of uh, our well-known filmmakers there. That some was fun. Oddities. That was
0: cool. Yeah, I didn't know any of them at all. I didn't know any of that stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, did you go cool. about uh, the movie Point Blank?
0: <laughs> well, because there is a movie called Gross Point Blank from the nineties, uh, or is it well, maybe I kept early 2000s. It. I don't know
1: why my brain did think it's Point Break, but that's obviously what it is. But I was like, why doesn't Chris uh, know Point Blank? <laughs> that's amazing,
0: dude. That's amazing.
1: How can you not get this, Chris? Point Blank. <laughs>
0: nice, dude. Very nice.
1: Oh man! All right. Well. <laughs> thank you for joining us on that's odd we very much appreciate all you creepers out there uh we're gonna leave the clubhouse now so for christopher chavez i'm johnny townsend and i as always invite you my dear friends to stay it's ball lightning Uh oh